Welcome to the All Hoops Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Inman. I'm joined by my star producer and co-host, Chris Brito. We're talking All-Star Weekend, and we'll make our predictions for each event. We're also going to talk about the buyout market and speculate where players like Russell Westbrook and Kevin Love can go. Before we get to all that, Chris, my friend, how are you? Hey, Stevie. Happy to be here on another episode of the All Hoops Podcast. Uh, you know, the All-Star Weekend is always a, is a, always an event that we look forward to every year. It's also a good place to sort of like reflect on how, you know, the Knicks have been doing and how the NBA at large has been going. Um, but I think, as you mentioned, some of the, you know, things we're going to talk about the buyout, um, that'll be really critical for some teams. Um, but I think we're let's let's first talk about the All-Star Weekend. And who do you think will win the three-point contest? Yeah, I mean, the, the three-point contest to me is my favorite event of, of Saturday night or of really of All-Star Weekend in general. So we got Dame, we got Buddy, Jason Tatum, Kevin Herter, Tyler Hero, Tyrese Halliburton, Lori Markkinen, and Julius Randle. I'm going to go with Tyler Hero. You can get his odds on DraftKings at plus 550. I think that's good odds. I really believe that his stroke is perfect for a, a contest like this because he's quick enough to not need to rush towards the end. It's a, it's a lot of basketball to shoot, right? So you're always worrying about, you know, does the guy have the fluidity to get this thing done? I like him in this. I think he's going to be great. So I'm rolling with Tyler Hero. I'm going to go with Lillard. I think uh, people are sleeping on him. He right now is is one of the favorites. Between him and Buddy, they're the favorites to win this contest. Uh, I really like Dame's chances. I just think that he's someone who thrives under the pressure and, I think he'll come through on Saturday night. Um, and as far as a dunk contest goes, who who do you got? So we got Jericho Sims, Kenyon Martin Jr., Mac McClung, and Trey Murphy. I'm going to go with Mac McClung. Uh, I think people are going to like the story of the G League guy coming out and winning. Uh, you know, Jericho Sims is the favorite in this with the odds, but bigs rarely win this event, Chris. Uh, you know, I went back and looked, you know, since 2000, only three bigs have won this event. That was Obi Toppin last year, Blake Griffin jumping over the Kia, and then, of course, Dwight Howard, who won it a couple – I think it was a couple of times Dwight won. So it's only those three guys. I'm rolling with with McClung. I think he's going to be ready to go and trying to show who he is. You know, a, a lower than a household name, he's not in the house. So I think he's uh-huh. a guy who could really put on a show with this, and I'm excited to see him perform. Rorschach. I like Mac McClung. Um, also, I, I think he was trying out some really cool things on his, on his social media. Um, really, there's not a lot of context to work with these other guys. Uh, we watch Jericho Sims all the time and, and on, on the Knicks and he has a lot of thunderous putback dunks and just regular dunks, but I'm, I'm curious to see how he can get creative with the dunks themselves uh, but I like Mac McClung. If I were, if if I were to put money on it, I guess I like McClung the best. All right, so we're in alignment there. And then the last one is the skills challenge. We have the Identicumbos, Alex Giannis, and Thanasis versus Team Jazz, which is Jordan Clarkson, Walker Kessler, the amazing rookie, and Colin Sexton. Finally, Team Rooks, which is you know Paolo Bancaro, Jaden Ivey, and Jabari Smith Jr. So Chris, which of those teams do you like? 
Uh, I think I like Team Rooks the best. Okay. I Once again, I agree. I think they just want it more. And a lot of these contests are just like, who really wants to win this thing? You know, you've seen the Adetokumbo's in this before. I think uh, there's been a lot of pressure on Team Jazz with uh, the home crowd involved. So I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go with the rookies too. And uh, that's the all-star stuff. And uh, you know, Chris, I kind of, we were saving it for final thoughts, but I'm going to move it up here with the, uh, the all-star game. There's talk. There was a lot of talk about, they were going to pick these teams live. Right. And now it seems like, well, they are picking them live, but not really. The NBA is looking to avoid a, quote-unquote last pick situation in the draft so the captains are going to pick their reserve players first and then the starters after chris i just think this is so lame this was going to be so much fun one of the greatest tnt moments in the last few years was durant and lebron not picking james harden with the whole james harden trying to leave the nets thing going on and you're going to deprive us of an opportunity like that come on yeah, and and listen, like I, I think the NBA missed an opportunity <clears throat> to really make this event like for what it is, right? You know, uh, courts courts around the United States, like if you're the last guy picked, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're the worst player. It's and and now looking at an All Star game, like all these guys are super talented. I don't think any of them will take it personally for being the last one picked. But like, don't we want them to take it personally? Don't we want this to mean well, something? If, if Julius Randle gets picked last and goes for twenty nine, wouldn't that be incredible? For sure. And I, I don't think they would take it personally. I mean, I don't think like it's an it's an exhibition game. Like, I don't think they would. Like, they could. But to think that like the players can't protect. Like, why are we protecting the players' feelings from this? Like, it's just silly. I mean, these are the greatest athletes in the world. We do not need to protect their feelings during the All-Star game. It's crazy. So I'm hoping this, you know, will be tweaked next year. Especially for something so trivial like this. Yeah. You know, like if it were something more serious, like mental health. I mean, I don't I don't know, but it's just ridiculous to me. Like anybody who had a agenda of calling the NBA soft, like they won. It's soft. This is soft. This is literally soft. Right. So we'll see. And uh, hopefully it's something that changes in the future. And, well, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, that's All-Star Weekend. Anything else you want to talk about with that before we move on to buyout, guys? Nope. Let's get, let's head over to the buyout, guys. I think Kevin Love will probably be the headliner for this, and as, as is what Russell Westbrook. But Kevin Love, you had a lot of thoughts about him going to Miami. I think that's a great fit, to be honest with you. Um, I I was calling it the place before pe- before players retire, and I think – Kevin Love makes a lot of sense there. Yeah, I I think they're looking for a backup big. I kind of like their backups, but they seem to be looking for an additional one. They worked out, you know, Cody Zeller the other day to see if he could be a fit. I think Kevin Love makes a lot of sense. I think he's still got something in the tank. It's just really, really tough to play in the NBA with three, like, starting big men. And you have... In Cleveland, you have Jared Allen, you have Evan Mobley. Those two guys, it's it's tough enough to make the minutes work for those two, let alone adding Kevin Love. So he really wasn't playing in Cleveland. He gets the buyout, one of the longest tenured players with one team in the NBA. He'd been in Cleveland for a really long time now, basically since LeBron showed up. Now it's, what, 2014. So we're talking about, was it, yeah, it was 2014, right? Yeah. So I really believe that uh, 
Kevin Love can still make an impact somewhere. Why not Miami? They've done wonders with older players in the past. Pretty much everybody who's gone there in the last 15 years, other than Kyle Lowry, has come out a better version of themselves. And I don't think that would be any different for Kevin Love. Not at all. And I think um Kevin like if if not if not in Miami, I think the Warriors would also be a nice fit for him too. Agreed. Okay, next one. This is interesting. I want you to go first in with this. Russell Westbrook, who is technically not a buyout guy yet. He remains t- under contract with the Jazz. He's not reported to the team. It's widely expected he will reach a buyout with Utah. He's still got a, f- a few weeks to get that done. It's probably going to not have the buyout until he has a deal with a new team. So, Chris, where do you want him to go, and where do you think he'll go? <sighs> I think the place where if we're looking for a place that makes sense for him, I think could be the Warriors in the sense that, wait, hear me out. Hear me out. Whoa. I know. I'm not happy about this pick either, but he needs to be around a team that could compliment around him. And I think that's the only team that comes to mind right away that can. Um, if If not there, then somewhere like, I think Philly is a place where he could really like possibly excel off the bench um, for, for like 10, 15 minutes a game Um, in terms of where I would like him to go. I love him. I'd love to see him go back to OKC. I know it's not realistic, but it's not happening for many different reasons, but I think if, if this is his last stint, I would love to see him go on a positive note. And it's not fair for a player of his caliber to like sort of have his reputation be dragged in the mud. Admittedly, some of it is deserved because of whatever happened in LA. But just for a guy like him who put has put in the work, has been an example of tenacity in the NBA, I think OKC, him going back there and like sort of sunsetting his career there makes a lot of sense to me i think to talk about a positive note i think i have the team you ready for this i think he's gonna i think he should go back to the washington wizards i think it makes all the sense in the world bradley beal had great a great season with him as his backcourt mate they seem to get along really well the wizards for whatever reason the last few years have been like we really want to be as mediocre as we can we want to be 500 we want to just be in the mix for a playoff spot. And I think Westbrook can help you do that. I really do. And I, we keep talking about like, Oh, like, will he, ad, you know, adjust to a role in 10, 15 minutes. I think it's pretty clear at this point. He's not, he's not going to do that. And I think it makes more sense for him to be a 33 minute, the game guy again with the Washington wizards, go get that eight seed, go battle of uh, the nets in the play in and put up big numbers. And then, you know, 10, 15 years from now, when we're talking about Russell Westbrook's career, we're not going to really remember that he fell off a cliff. We're going to remember, oh yeah, he was really good in his thirties. He had a couple, you know, triple double seasons. And I think Westbrook can put up big numbers on a mediocre team again. I I don't deny that. I just think that he cannot be someone looking for points at this phase of his career. I think if he, if he wants, wait, I think if he wants a team, if he still wants to be on NBA roster, he 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 has to sort of buy in. Like I don't he, believe that. I believe we're too we're past that. If he couldn't buy in with LeBron James and Anthony Davis coming off of a a championship the year before, 
right? It was a year, what, a year and a half ago in the bubble, they won a championship. If he wouldn't buy into that, I think it's over. He, this is his, we're talking about five teams in five years. Every year of his Supermax, he's been on a different team. So I think it, we're past the point of him buying in to a new situation. I think it's time for us to buy in that this is just a really athletic, fun, flawed player. And we have to accept him for who he is instead of trying to change him into a player who can win a championship. He's not going to win a championship as a as a featured guy, and he wants to stay a featured guy. Yikes. So that's no, but it, that's not. There's nothing wrong with that. He so, can still put up numbers in Washington, and and they can be relevant to a top ten seed, which I think is a waste of time. But they don't. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. I I think I think Washington could make sense. I they just have a lot of they have a few guards there though. I mean, he, he they have Monty Morris. You know, Brad Beal obviously is the shooting guard. So I, I think they can make room. I think it, I think it could work. I really do. The other team I would say look out for is the Clippers. You've already seen reports that Paul George is trying to push management into bringing in Westbrook. And, you know, they had a pretty good relationship in OKC. Again, another situation where a, a superstar teammate has said, I really enjoyed the Russell Westbrook experience. And even though he did bolt the team a year later, Paul George, but still, it seems like a lot of people really like him around the league. And we're at two months ago. I said, I thought this Laker team would be his last stop. I didn't think he'd never find another team. Now I believe he will. I believe he will. I don't know if that's ever going to, I don't think he'll ever be part of a, a positive winning formula at this point in his career, but I do believe he can put up numbers. So to me, the best sort of like thing I can, I can compare the real situation to right now is, what Mello went through his season with um, OKC in that, that he had to realize that he's not a featured guy anymore. And like, he has to be a, a role player. But what did it take to do that? It took, it took a high him being out of the league for like a good year for right. him to buy into that. And now where is he now? He's back out of the league. So well, I think, but, but he had, he had one season with the Blazers and then he yeah. played with the Lakers. So my again, my point with with Russ is that he could potentially buy himself one more year of NBA action if he buys in. But who's to say that will even happen? Um, but we can move on. Um, Last one, Pat Bev, Chris. Pat Bev bought out by the Orlando Magic. Pat Bev is tough because he's someone who literally provides some defense and is talks a lot. Um, I think a team that could fit for him would be something like the Bucks. He could be the 15th man in a rotation. A guy like him could be useful. Um, you know, in a in a setting where like the Bucks are facing against the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals, and you need someone who can provide an edge or who can offset the edge that Marcus Smart brings to the table. Other than that, maybe Dallas makes sense. I think they need some defense, and I think. Pat Bev would be somebody who Jason Kidd would like. Aside from those two teams, I, I don't know. It's I think it's tough. I don't think he makes sense anywhere else, to be honest with you. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm not sure he finds a team. I think this might, like, I said that about Westbrook before. I'm saying it about Pat Bev now. This might be it because I believe 
he's a guy who defensively I think has regressed a little bit and he's a guy who doesn't really give you anything offensively and he talks a lot of trash and you know the the image of him in Boston showing the ref the camera I'm not sure every team wants a guy like that like there's there's a lot of baggage that comes with Pat Bev and at this stage in his career I don't know. He, it's really going to have to be similar to the Westbrook thing where it's superstar player X admires Bev's tenacity, energy, and says, go bring him in as our 15th guy, as you said. Maybe that's Giannis. Maybe maybe that is Boston. Boston could always use another guard like that. You know, They went into the finals against the Warriors, and you know they came out and said, we weren't tough enough to beat them. Maybe they could use a little Pat Bev toughness. So that those two teams kind of make sense. The Bucks always seem like they're one rotation guy short going into the playoffs because whether it's injuries um but i think i think a, a guy like bev can can really help a t- one of those two teams i'm just not sure if it's going to happen the, the only issue i foresee if the bucks were after going after pat bev is that pat bev like you have let's say okay you have Giannis on the floor pat bev doesn't really contribute any any way that's why i'm more i don't know if he's gonna find another job yeah fair enough all right I mean, he he found some success in Minnesota. So you wonder, does it make sense for Minnesota to basically say, "Hey, we can use another a vet in our locker room"? We we seem to have good vibes last year when we have terrible vibes now. You bring in him, you bring it. You have Matt Con- Mike Conley in there. That also can make some sense. But again, like what we're talking about is superstar X wants Pat Bev, or we're trying to bring him in for vibes. Whereas it's not really on the court stuff anymore. But we'll see. You know, he's proven people wrong his whole career. So we'll we'll see there. And uh, Chris, let's get to our final thoughts right after this. All right, Chris, final thoughts time. We're about 20, 25 games left in the season before, uh, you know, at the All-Star break here. Who's your MVP right now? And if you need a second to think, I can do mine. I think it's just... Jokic is so incredible at what he does. But for me, like, I don't think Giannis or Embiid get enough attention for what they do. And, like, I think before the argument was, like, um, listen, like, Jokic has the best argument. We could, you could, you could probably argue, right? But I just think that, like, Embiid is, is, is is playing at a, at a you know at such an incredible rate right now and Giannis is like willing the bucks again to the, to the top of the east and i don't feel like that gets talked about enough like obviously Embiid is incredible but i feel like the, the thing with Embiid i'm sorry with uh, Jokic is that a lot of people focus on um the the sort of like unique aspects of what he brings to the table in terms of like what he can do offensively but Giannis does both, and I don't feel like that ever gets the enough credit. And so does in the same case with Embiid. Um, right now, my MVP would be Giannis, um, and I think Jokic. Um, if he wins it, I mean, I wouldn't be upset. He deserves. Yeah, it. I think we've been on the same page more on this show than we probably have all season, Chris. And I, I think just Giannis is just so so close to. Jokic in terms of offense and then defensively Giannis is the best defensive player in the sport whereas Jokic is what passable 
Maybe he's slightly above average at this stage of his career. He has gotten better on that end of the floor. So he does deserve MVP consideration. But I just think Giannis has just been so otherworldly on on defense and been elite on offense that I think he's the guy right now. Yeah, and the other thing too, um, the East is considerably harder this year. I mean, up to the – before all those trades happened, right? Like before – you know, Dallas had Kyrie, not, not insinuating that they're better off with him. And before Phoenix had uh, Kevin Durant, who knows if they, who knows if he even straps up for them this year. Uh, the West was considerably easier. Like it, it, it just, yeah. it, it is like, it's not a coincidence that so many teams like are separated by only a few games in the standings. Meanwhile, the Nuggets, probably the most like consistent team has been above the foray besides Memphis also. Um, but they really ha- didn't really have the competition they've had in previous years. So that's why I think Giannis should win it also. It's interesting because it seems like the media has really swayed back to Joker is the MVP. And I wonder if the reason for that is the supporting cast, where the perception is that Joker's on an island by himself. He's carrying this Nugget team where Murray has been great. Aaron Gordon's having an all-star year. Mm-hmm. Porter is a very good third scoring option. And they have some interesting guys, you know, some interesting guys off the bench, like my guy, Christian Brown. Whereas the Bucks, Middleton, Holiday, Rook Lopez, those guys have shown that they're good enough to get Giannis that championship. They've done it, which is why... I think the perception is that Giannis has a better supporting cast significantly than the Joker. And that's, I think, why Joker is a favorite right now to win MVP. I don't know if that's true. I think those supporting casts are about even, if not maybe somewhat on the Buck side, but I think they're pretty close. Uh, I don't know if they're close, but like Middleton's been out a lot this year. And Holiday, like Holiday's a great number two. He's very solid. I think. I never thought that getting him would make such a difference. Yeah. Milton's only played in 17 games this year, seven starts. So that's a good point. Um, so I think, sorry, just to, just to end with that point with Giannis, it's just like, like it's, you know, if, if Giannis doesn't play and if Jokic doesn't play, they're, they're, those teams would suffer considerably. Um, I think that would be the only argument is that the Bucks could probably sneak in a few more wins with their supporting cast than Jokic would with his supporting cast. That would be the only argument for Jokic if if that's the way you want to play that. All right, fair enough. Giannis, it is for us. Chris, is there anything else you have before we wrap up the show? Nothing but, oh, I just wanted to give a shout out to my Knicks who are on a, was it three-game winning streak? Six games over 500. Six game, six games over five hundred, and have sole possession on the sixth seed. I love to see it. We love to see it. We love to see it. It's been great, and uh, it's nice to be relevant again for sure. So it, it's good, and hopefully they'll get some uh, national love during this All Star weekend. You know, Jericho Sims in the dunk contest, Quinn Grimes in the rookie sophomore rising stars game, Julius Randle in three point, and the All Star game. Jalen Brunson should be there too, but that's a story for another day. That's gonna do it for us here on this episode of the All Hoops Podcast. On our next episode, we're going to break down what storylines there, there are to look forward to over the last 20, 25 games before the regular season ends. 
Thank you for listening and watching, and we'll be back soon. Bye, everyone.